0: and turn to James chapter 4. Clean off the desk. Give it to Joe. Batteries up here, guys. James chapter 4. What's causing the quarrels and fights among you? Why are you fussing? Why are you fighting? You say I ain't doing that. Well, good. Then this don't appeal to you. Y'all, y'all can go on, go on lunch. But I don't know too many that if they're not fussing and fighting with somebody, they're fussing and fighting with their self. Isn't it the whole army of evil desires within you? By the way, has anybody whipped all the evil desires that we face? So if we haven't, we're quarreling and fighting. You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You're jealous for what others have, and you can't possess it. So you fight and quarrel and take it away from them. And yet the reason you don't have what you you want is that you don't ask God for it. And even when you do ask, you don't get it because your whole motive is wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure, you adulterers. Don't you realize that friendship with this world makes you an enemy with God? I say it again. If your aim is to enjoy this world, you cannot be a friend of God. How many of you really do? I mean, you just really do believe in prayer. Raise your hand. All right? Then I also want you to back that up. If you really believe in prayer, say amen. Amen. How many of you in here are praying, and you're praying specifically for something, but you ain't got the answer? You believe in prayer, but there's a reason your prayer is being unanswered. You see, that's what I want to talk about today. Why, according to James 4, we see why prayers are unanswered. We don't want to hear that. (laughs) We just want to say, God, give me a million dollars, and you go to the mailbox, and there it is. Unfortunately... It ain't worked that way at my house. I believe I'd have one excited mailbox deliverer if I did. Not to say that I'd be a little excited myself. James 4.2 says, You have not because you ask not. Then verse 3. You ask and receive not. Because you ask amiss. James 1, we've already looked at this, dealt with it. We're going to chime it in a minute. Verse 5, I want you to know what God wants me to do. If you want to know what God wants you to do, what did James say to do? Ask him. What, now some of you, we got this definition of prayer. Give me, give me, give me, give me. It's only asking. Evaluate your prayer life. Oh God, send the money to pay my bills. I blew all my money, God. You got to help me. You're asking. The Bible also says in James 5, he will gladly tell you and he will not resent your asking, but there are times that he cannot answer. Verse 6. This is James 1. When you ask him, be sure that you really expect an answer. Now, how many of you say a lot of prayers, but you don't really? I'll be honest with you. I ain't going to get in a whole lot of this right now. But three years ago, at the end of next month, we were asking this church, Solid Rock Baptist Church, to come up with $700,000. I'm going to tell you how I really felt about that. (laughs) Solid Rock? And then people Well, I'm offended because you're talking about money. (laughs) I'm still laughing. $700,000. And and we're standing before you boldly before the throne of grace, expecting God to send $700,000. In the back of my mind, God, it ain't ever happened before. The only time that a building got paid off around here by Solid Rock people was when Wesley Hill people who were dead and gone paid for a building that we sold for $500,000 and we paid cash for the first building, $325,000. We took $75,000 and paid cash for the food building. And finish the youth room the first time. We done finished that room about 90 million times. But the first time we finished that room. (laughs) I'm just having fun this morning. (laughs) It's fun. Preach is fun when you have a good time. Now you're gonna probably not feel like you're having a good time, but that's okay. I am. Because I said, God, I'm asking. These people to burn two nuts in just a month and a half. <laughs> we come to build this building. This building cost eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars. We raised 250000 and we borrowed 600000 Today, we owe 127000 Still old. <laughs> but to burn it in a month and a half, it's ridiculous. Looking at it humanly, especially on your track record, I love you. But when we were running 550 people in this congregation, we were still giving right now the same money. So whoever left didn't leave true blue people here today. The people that support this church are here right now. It ain't the ones that got mad because we talked about money. about y'all wusses. (laughs) I may have to prolong this one to next week (laughs) because I got to get this out. I'm about to die. Or that we have to hear God so we have to leave I'm okay with that. If you ain't supposed to be here, get out of here because God's fixing to do something. Do you hear what I'm saying? God's fixing to do something, and we're fixing to be faced with some challenges, and you're going to look at me and say, at 65, he's lost his mind. He needs counseling, but we'll leave that right now alone. When you ask him, be sure that you expect him to answer, because he will. Then verse seven kick, uh, verse six kicks me in the tail a little bit. It says, "Be sure." He says, "Because a doubtful mind." Ain't there a country song? Well, anyway. For a doubtful mind is as unsettled as the wave of a sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. And verse 7, he says, people like that should not expect to receive anything from God. What did he just say? You said you believe in prayer. Can I still get an amen? Amen. Are you praying? All right, then. Are you expecting an answer? Because the Scripture says that if we're praying with a doubtful mind, and I have been, then don't expect to receive anything. Now, who do we put our trust in? Please don't say you're putting it in me. Please don't say that your faith in Jesus is because it's in me. Good night. Please don't say that. Your faith and trust better be in Jesus, it better be in God Almighty. And when you pray, you better pray believing and trusting that He will not only hear your prayers, but answer. But there's reasons why the Bible says, that our prayers are unanswered? Let's look at it. Number one, James 4, 2 says, you have not because you ask not. (laughs) The first reason that most people don't have their prayers answered is because of slothfulness, laziness. You gotta pray for it. You gotta ask. Now you say you're believing, you you say you believe God answers prayer. Well, if you really believe God's answers answer in prayer, have you asked? Have you prayed about it? Have you? Whatever it is that God. Now, did I read this wrong? But I did I ask this question? There's some prayers that some of you are praying that God hadn't answered. Let me see that testimony again. You got some prayers that you're praying that God ain't answered yet. Do it again. We might just have a hallelujah time again. <laughs> we all got them. If you're praying, listen, I, I pray all the time, but he don't answer just right, Johnny, on the spot for me every time, does he? You? Well, there's reasons why. One is Slothfulness. We ain't asking. We're not praying. We le- Hebrews 10, 19 says, and so dear brothers and sisters, we come boldly, ent- we can boldly enter into heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. Do you realize that for the Christian, the Bible says that one of the highest gifts that have been given you and me is that when we pray, he's listening. But if you don't ask, I wonder, don't raise your hand on this, and don't nod, don't amen. But I wonder how many of you've prayed that we would meet that goal, or you like me? You're kind of laughing about it. Because that is a God goal, believe me, for solid rock. If God don't do it, it ain't going to happen. And we'll know January the 15th just what God has done. Well, we'll know what he wants you to do. And me. There's a rapper I keep seeing on Fox News that went to the White House, and now I think he's going to run for president. And he might win. Who? Say it one more time. Kanye Kanye West. When he was in the White House, he had to walk through the front door. Would you agree to that? I guarantee you he was met with some guys a whole lot more dressed up than I am with microphones around their face, uh, 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 mics around their face, and guns on their side. And he didn't lollygag around. They probably took him straight to the Oval Office. They do give tours, you know, to the White House. And if you were on one of those tours and (laughs) all of a sudden you get this wild, harebrained idea that I want to go see the president, is the president in? Well, I just want you to know, they would quickly tell you, I don't care what you want to do, you're not going to see the president today. Don't ask and stay in line. And you will be watched the whole time you're there. Think about that a minute now. The Bible tells you and me that we're supposed to pray. And that when we pray, we are a, we are acting on a privilege of the same God that is the King of Kings. And Lord of Lords, he's the one who who is in charge of the kings and the queens and the presidents and the prime ministers that as they bow down in reverence, they will bow before Jesus one day, whatever they're doing. But the Bible tells you and me that when we go in to the room, the war room of privilege, prayer. We got God's attention. That's an awesome privilege. You'll not get in to see Trump that way or anyone that's been a president in the past. In Luke 11, Jesus said, this is how you ought to pray. Our Father. Who art in heaven? How will it be thy name? Now, what kind of prayer is that? This is known as the Lord's prayer. It's known as the model prayer. Notice Jesus didn't say, "If you pray," He said, "Our Father." It's when you pray. Jesus never considered that none of his believers or anybody that accepted him was not going to pray. Matthew 6, 6, when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your heavenly Father in secret. For then your Father who knows all secrets will reward you and will answer you. You want to know why today I believe with all my heart that the church, the home, everything around us is crumbling? Because, you see, Satan knows that if he can keep Christians from praying, he can make us look like a laughing stock. Because the only thing that Satan's afraid of is a true born-again believer praying. Last week, if you had a lot of stuff coming in your plate and coming against you and, and, and frustrating you and, and agonizing you, did it cause you not to pray? Then he was victorious last week because that's what Satan was up to. You see, when you and I don't ask, we definitely ain't going to receive. I like what Watchman Nee, he's a writer of a spiritual growth, spiritual maturity book. He said, our prayers lay the track down which God's power can come. Like a mighty locomotive, his power is irresistible, but it cannot reach us without the rails. When we do not pray, we fail to lay the tracks by which God's power can reach us. Are you praying? Second of all, look at verse 3. Even when you do not ask, you don't get it because your whole motive is wrong. You want only what gives you pleasure. So the second reason that your prayers will go unanswered is because of selfishness. Praying prayers that only meet your need. Now, is there anything wrong with our needs being met? Our Father who art in heaven. How will it be thy name? And then he goes on to say, give us this our daily bread. Isn't that needs? Sure it is. So he's not saying it's wrong for you and I to pray for our daily needs. That's not what he's talking about. What he's trying to say here is that you and I, when we ask, we ask with a different motive, a wrong motive in mind. I'm not saying this about you, Jazzy, but I got a lot of friends that that get right in jail. And I know you're out and you're right. If you're not, God will take care of you, and that's just the way, and me, too. That's just the way it is. But a lot of people end up in jail. Can I hear amen? Amen. (laughs) I won't tell them why, God. All right. A lot of us end up in jail. And then a lot of us acting like a -a ding-a-ling, all drugged out, messed up, drunk, can't think, can't function. We get in jail long enough, all of a sudden we get reconnected to who we are. And then we have what is called jailhouse religion. Is there anything wrong with jailhouse religion? No. No. You got to start somewhere. And if it's in bars, and that's what, not bars drinking, but bars behind them because you wasn't drinking too much. And God gets your attention and starts speaking to you and you start getting right, that's okay. But when you get out and you go back doing the same thing you did before, that's what praying and asking amiss is defined. You didn't mean it. You just wanted your tail out of trouble. Now, God knows our hearts, amen? And he knows whether or not we mean business. When a wife walks down the aisle and she's crying, she ought to be crying if she's got an alcoholic husband. That's what it's tented, uh, tended to do. You, you're going to cry. And he's beating the fire out of you. And he's taking all your money. And, and you don't have any money to, to feed the kids and pay the bills. And that mama comes down. She has every right to pray to, to Jesus. Listen to me. Listen to me, go. You're going to misunderstand if you don't listen. If all she wants is to be free from the beatings, if all she wants, or he, is so that they can get some relief. She don't give a rip of where they bust hell out of She don't care where they ever go to church. She just wants to be delivered from her hardships. That's praying selfishly. Do you all understand that? Do this if you understand this. If all we want to do is get out of trouble. Then you're praying selfishly. And listen to me God ain't gonna answer your prayer. He's just not going to. The Bible says He won't. James 4 3 says, Your prayer should not consist of only praying for what gives you pleasure. King James verse, The King James Version says that you may consume it upon your lust. I believe our greatest lesson in prayer is this. When you and I pray, we're not praying that we get our will done, but we're praying that God will get his done, right? In other words, we want God to have his will for our lives. So we pray, God, whatever it means, I have to go. Whatever means that it takes, I'll do it as long as I know that's your will. Thirdly, look at verse 4. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with this world makes you an enemy of God? And I say it again, that if your aim is only to enjoy this world, you cannot be a friend of God. Every time I think about the world, I get all messed up, and people do get messed up. They go, oh, my, going fishing, that's of the world. Well, yeah. But Jesus went fishing. He just didn't use a pole. He went. E, we ain't that good. We got to spend $1,800 for a three-day fishing trip. And maybe we'll catch one. And then it sits in the freezer for three years and freezer burns. That don't make sense, does it? <laughs> Well, instead of being in love with Jesus, we are committing adultery. We are having an adulterous affair with the world. If our love for Jesus is less than the love that we have for the world, and that's what James is saying. John chimes in and he says, stop loving this evil world and all, First John two fifteen and all that it offers for you. For when you love the world, you show that you do not have the love of the Father in you. The Scripture says if we're in love with the world, we're not even saved. You know why I really, I think the, probably the most simple way to put this do you get more excited about Alabama losing? <laughs> uh, Greg ain't here. I'm, I'm, I'm having a blast. I want to text him so bad. I probably will. Tennessee won. Georgia barely made it. Well, oh, Tennessee barely made it, too. That is worldly pleasures. There's nothing wrong with those worldly pleasures, but if I worship football more than I do my Creator, and, and football gets first place, and Jesus takes second place, I'm committing spiritual adultery. That's what James is talking about. There's nothing wrong with fishing and football. There's nothing wrong with basketball and soccer. There's nothing wrong with all of the sports and and, and hunting and fishing. But if you get mad at me or jealous at me because I catch the bigger fish than you, you got a problem. It's called pride. You hear me? Now, I'll tell you how I do it. In 2 weeks I'm going fishing. I have my boys and their kids and with the person on the boat. I'm by myself. Nothing wrong with that. I rented a boat. And there'll be me and one other on the boat. I'm okay with that. I love my boys. I love my kids. But the man on my boat's the guide. He knows where the fish are, and they're going to follow me. You can look at that, and you say, boy, you are prideful. Sometimes I am, and it's wrong. It's sin, because when I have to be the top dog, and sometimes I do, it's sin. So, God, I'm Forgive Forgive me. But I'm still going on that boat. They just probably will catch bigger fish than I will. But you know what? I don't get. Ke- I don't care because three days I get to be with my kids and my grandkids. And if my brother hadn't have backed out, well, how do I know through selfishness? And the last one is sinfulness that God won't hear my prayer. Listen to Isaiah 66, verse 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not hear my prayer. Psalm uh, Isaiah 59, 1 and 2 says, Behold, the Lord... The Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your sin, your iniquities have separated you between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear you. You hear me? It's clear. And then I got to close with this verse. Mike. I am so overwhelmed right now, Mike. I'm, I'm about to bust. I, I, I feel like that my stress level is beyond where it should be. I, I don't know why in the world I can't pray. I don't know why that it looks like everything's turning against me. God, I don't understand. Mike, I don't understand. What do I do? Whew, got to address that bouncing around here. That knocked me right there. Listen to this verse. Romans 8, 26. The Holy Spirit helps us in our distress. For we don't even know what we should pray for, nor even how we should pray. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words, and that's not tongues, okay? That's you not knowing what to say. And the Father who knows all of our hearts knows what the Spirit is, saying, for the Spirit pleads for us as believers in harmony with God's own will. Let me tell you something. When you pray the prayer that is God's own will, expect it to be answered. But if you're going against God's own will in your life, expect disaster. Expect for everything in the world to turn the other way if you're a child of God. Because God says he's going to protect his own. And sometimes waking you up behind bars, B-A-R-S, is that right? What's sale bars? It's B-A-R-S. It's not drinking bars. It's behind bars because you're drinking, right? Behind the bars. If you get woken up and you get jailhouse religion and it sticks, hallelujah. But if you just selfishly pray because you won't get out of trouble, forget it. Forget it. Let me tell you something. I've had to follow my God when there was times I didn't want to do it. There was times Cindy wanted to leave me, and she didn't. There was times I wanted to leave her, and I didn't. Why? Because I think more of God than I do this world. And my wife knows how difficult of a husband I was in the earlier days. She had all the reason in the world to leave me. But she didn't. I had no reason whatsoever to want to leave her. That woman ain't nothing but gold. She's a a gold mine. She's a a treasure. Why would you want to lose that? But I tried. And some of you are doing a good job yourself for your home. When you pray and your prayers are not being answered, if God answers it, are you going to follow with your heads bowed?